Jaron Jackson Jr. put up a season-best stat line in a loss to the Dallas Mavericks. We're going to talk about how Jaron has become one of those most unguardable players in the entire NBA. We're going to talk about how Memphis lost the game to the Mavericks on Monday night. And I'm going to remind you, to help us all keep our sanity, that John Morant is now seven days away from being eligible to make his NBA return for the Memphis Grizzlies. It's Locked on Grizzlies. Let's dive in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a tremendous Tuesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax. Thank you so much wherever you're checking out the show, however you are with us, wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. Hopefully you're liking, you're commenting, you're rating, reviewing, subscribing, all of those things as a proud everydayer of Locked On Grizzlies. And say you're not an everydayer yet. Maybe you're checking us out for the first time. Maybe it's been a few days in a row. You're getting warmed up to DeMichael Cole and then my ugly mug comes across your YouTube screen, or maybe my beautiful baritone is uh, serenading your cerebellum as we speak, wherever you get your podcast. Whatever the case might be, I am Joe Mullinax on this edition of Lockdown Grizzlies to Michael Cole, doing what he does for the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, as the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer. So it is I with you on this episode. And over the last decade, I've watched a lot of Memphis Grizzlies basketball, written a lot of Memphis Grizzlies words in a lot of different Memphis Grizzlies places. Some might want to deny it, but it's the case. It's the truth between Bluff City Media and Grizzly Bear Blues and SB Nation and Fan Sided. I've been everywhere, man, talking about these Memphis Grizzlies. And I'm happy to be here with you today. Yes, you talking about these Memphis Grizzlies once more. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by the wonderful folks over at Game Time. Make sure you're checking out Game Time as soon as possible. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Another Grizzlies loss, right? It's a day that ends in Y, it feels like sometimes. The Memphis Grizzlies lost a basketball game. Shouldn't be too surprising in theory. It's surprising this time around for a couple of reasons, at least for me. One, and we'll talk more about this later on in the show in terms of how Jaron did it, he, Jaron Jackson Jr., being the he, was him in this contest. Not awkward, nerdy Austin Reeves screaming that he's him walking down the court when it's not necessarily true. Jaron was him in this particular contest. Let me give you a, a, a general logic and reasoning and argument for why Jaron was indeed him. Because you have to remember, Jaron Jackson Jr. in this particular game shared the floor with Luka Doncic. And Luka Doncic, more often than not, is actually him, right? Whatever him might mean. I'm still not quite sure myself since I am, one, not him, and two, not cool. I do believe that Jaron was him in this particular contest over noted NBA superstar Luka Doncic because of the way that Jaron scored his points, 41 points on 29 field goal attempts, 6 of 10 from 3, only 5 free throws. He made all of them. He also had 4 stocks, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. You compare that to the numbers of Luka Doncic, who also had 2 steals and 2 blocks. He had 6 assists. He had 8 rebounds and 35 points. So kudos to him for that. He had more assists and rebounds than Jaron. 
But Doncic scored 35 points on 21 shots. Again, that's pretty efficient. But 12 of 13 from the charity stripe. He took 13 free throws. The Memphis Grizzlies as a team, in total, made 13 free throws. So that's not to criticize the officiating. That's not to acknowledge or to not acknowledge that the Memphis Grizzlies foul a lot. Again, that's something that doesn't always get discussed in the course of these conversations. Yeah, sometimes the officials maybe not have it out for Memphis, but the referees make a, a break, make mistakes every once in a while. That's allowable. You know, they're not perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. I don't know about you, dear listener, dear viewer, but I make mistakes each and every day that I am walking this mortal coil that we call Earth. Officials are going to mess up. But the Memphis Grizzlies are also overly physical and they foul too much. And Luka Doncic is one of the very best in the NBA at using his body to create contact. He's reached Harden-esque levels with that particular skill set. James Harden has made it famous in recent years. Luka is putting him to shame at the moment with the way that he is drawing those fouls. So they did it in different ways, but because Jaren's were not as free throw dependent and because Jaren was able to score his buckets from three, Inside the three-point line, regardless of who was defending him, I'm giving the tip of the cap to Jaron because there were times where Luca was shut down a little bit. There are times where maybe not completely stopped, but he was quieted. He was slowed by one Vince Williams Jr., and I have a feeling we'll be talking about him more as the Grizzlies roster is up for some overturn in coming episodes of Lockdown Grizzlies. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is my nominee for him in this particular Grizzlies contest. I believe he also only committed his first foul in the fourth quarter, which if you've been following the Grizzlies for a while, you know that's pretty substantial growth. The main reasons the Grizzlies lost this game against the Dallas Mavericks was because the Mavericks had more dudes that were able to score. And sometimes it's that easy. I know you come to the Lockdown Podcast Network. You look for Lockdown Grizzlies. You want hard-hitting analysis. You want facts. You want data. You want it driven right through your skull the exact reason why something happens, boom, to Michael Cole and I are expected to provide that to you. And yet sometimes it's as easy as the other team had more dudes that put the ball in the basket more consistently. The Memphis Grizzlies had a very nice 69 points from Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain was also efficient and is scoring 11 of 20 from the field. So both Bain and Jaron together took 49 shots and they made 26 of them. You do the math. That's well over a 50% percentage. That is a good evening. That is good poop, as they say in the business. Beyond Jaron and Bain, you're not getting much from many players, to be honest with you, offensively at least. David Roddy, three of nine. Derek Rose, two for seven. Santi Aldama, two for six in 20 minutes played. John Conchart gave you more offensively as a two for five three-point shooter. Vince Williams Jr. had another strong outing. Nine rebounds from the wing position. Nine boards, almost a double-double with his 10 points. He was the other Grizzly to score in double digits. Meanwhile, we mentioned Luka Doncic's 35 points, tip of the cap. Not quite him in this contest, but close to him. He was him adjacent, maybe is the fairest way to put it. Derek Lively, who gets better each and every time we see him, which is a little bit concerning. He's a really good center for the Mavericks. Uh, 16 points, 16 rebounds but emphasis on 16 points for the purpose of this thought exercise. Dante Exum, who'd have thunk it, right? 16 points from Dante Exum in this game in 35 minutes played. That's wild. 19 points from Jaden Hardy. Who knew 
that Jaden Hardy could go five for seven from three. Not Jaden Hardy because his actual shooting percentage is far lower than that for the season. And then, of course, Olivier Maxence Prosper, OMP, that everybody knows who that guy is. 11 points scored in 18 minutes played. If you don't know who that guy is, it's okay because the majority of the folks listening to this show also don't know who he is. Not a disrespectful thing to him. He's a rookie. And he's getting better. And he's showing a propensity for Dallas to be able to contribute. And it's a compliment to him and to the Dallas Mavericks because their depth, Dallas had almost as many injury concerns as the Grizzlies did in this game. Now, it's important to point out Luka is their superstar. Memphis was still without their superstar. But in terms of depth, Dallas was missing roughly comparable depth, and that's usually not the case. But it was the Mavericks that came out, punched Memphis in the mouth. They were up double digits at the end of the first half, really just embarrassing the Grizzlies. Memphis didn't quit to their credit, credit put forth a uh, pretty valiant effort to try to get back into it in the fourth quarter, but it was too little too late. And it was improvement defensively for Memphis in that second half. But the offensive issues, again, 34 points in the fourth, but 28 in the second, and only having two guys score more than 10 points, that's not going to get the job done. It's just not going to happen. That is not winning basketball. That's not the formula for a Grizzlies win or for any team in the NBA to win at this stage in that manner. But while the Mavericks outplayed the Grizzlies in just about every way on Monday night, and while it still might feel like a time to be down about the season's prospects, there is one bright shining light, and there's numerous ones, but there's one that was shining its brightest on this season in Jaron Jackson Jr. that we're going to talk more about here next on Locked on Grizzlies. Extremely impressive what he's been able to do so far to this point in the campaign. He deserves all the credit in the world for that. And again, I like to give flowers every once in a while. We're going to do just that here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Game Time. Huge fan of Game Time. It shouldn't be this hard to buy tickets for the next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. You have last-minute tickets with flash deals and zone deals. It's easy to find and easy to get a great view of what your seats might be entailing from any place in the venue. Plus, with the game time lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and so much more, there is no reason to not get in on the game time action. You'll get the best price always with the game time guarantee. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So once again, what are you waiting for? Go get on the Game Time app right now. Create an account and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your very first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Go download Game Time right now. Do it today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We are talking Jaron Jackson Jr. and how he has become one of the most unguardable players in the entire National Basketball Association. A little bit of silver lining on this Tuesday dark cloud. Stick with me here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax flying solo on this episode. Been covering the Grizzlies for well over a decade in a variety of places. Most recently, Grizzly Bear Blues and Bluff City Media. Flying solo, once again on this episode, no to Michael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. 
He's the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. He's not with me because he's doing beat writer things, covering not just, you know, a Grizzlies basketball game, but Grizzlies antics in the courtroom now, apparently. We'll talk more about that to close out the show today. John Morant, seven days, getting his ring on, so to speak, if you're a fan of the movie series The Ring. Um, seven days from now, John Morant will be eligible to return to the NBA floor. It's going to be a big deal in Memphis and nationally. It's not an accident that that game is designated for TNT with the eyebrow raise. Uh, but we'll get to Ja and all that here momentarily. We've been talking so far on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies about the Grizzlies' loss to the Mavericks and how Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, they just don't have any help to score the basketball in particular. you got to give Vince Williams credit. Did well defensively. John Conchar did some good things in this game. It pains me to say. And yet, both of those guys still struggled scoring the basketball at a level comparable to what the Dallas Mavericks reserves and what the Dallas Mavericks role players were able to do. And that was the difference. You could easily argue that Bain and Jaron canceled out Luka Doncic. It was the other guys that made the difference for the Mavericks, and Memphis was not able to match that. But that will improve with health, right, with the return of Luke Kennard, with the return of Marcus Smart. That will obviously get better, and I'm not quite sure why this is such a hot take among Grizzlies fans, but when your best basketball player, a top 15 or so talent in the National Basketball Association, comes back into the rotation, that's going to help everybody involved, baby. Things are going to improve, a little positivity here. And I'm going to build off of that positive emotion and energy and talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. and how he is one of the leading isolation scorers in the entire National Basketball Association. I believe he's around at least entering the Dallas game 1.27 points per isolation possession. That's extremely, extremely exciting stuff. Why does it excite me so much? Because it tells me that Jaron Jackson Jr. is learning. And I don't mean that to be offensive. I mean that he is understanding more and more that when you're six foot 11, 240 ish pounds and able to do the things with the basketball in your hand that Jaron Jackson Jr. is able to do, there are not many guys in the NBA that can defend you. Giannis Antetokounmpo comes to mind, maybe a LeBron James. We know Anthony Davis has given Jaron fits in the past, credit to AD. But the list is few and far between. It is not very long, but it is quite distinguished of players that are comparable in terms of being able to front, defend, hedge, whatever phrasing you want to use, stop or limit Jaron Jackson Jr. If you put a stretch four or a bigger wing on Jaron, he can use his body and frame to body that guy down low, and he's getting more willing to do that. He's not just chucking threes for the sake of chucking threes. He also is capable of making threes, as he showed in the game against Dallas. I think he was 6 of 10 from the three-point line, and that's not going to happen every night. But the capacity to do that puts a defense in a bind. It stretches the floor and makes them have to defend more space. But in addition to that, if they overrun, if they overhelp, Jaron has a good enough handle where he can get to the basket and create for himself. Now, he's still inconsistent, hit or miss, when it comes to creating for others. That growth in his game is still pretty evident. He's still putting up near career best or at career best numbers in terms of assist percentage, assist to turnover. He is showing real improvement there. But improvement is not always a leap forward, right? It might be a step. And for Jaron, the game plan is still he's not going to pass consistently. Just 
crash down on him, make him make a poor choice with the basketball. And that happens more often than not, right? He'll force a pass or he'll attempt an ill-advised shot. He's getting better, but he's not where he needs to be. Where he is getting better is continuing to diversify the offensive bag, the offensive toolkit. Back to the basket, he can get to his left hand, put up a hook shot. He can do a variety of different things in the post. Creating off the dribble, that's kind of where he's most confident and comfortable right now. Because again, because of his length, his strength, the physical development of his body, he is able to put himself in positions that very few NBA players can because they cannot match his size, his length, and his athleticism, his agility at his size. Those are all advantages that he is getting better at executing. And it's because he's more comfortable, he understands how to position his body, and he is willing to be aggressive. Defensively, we've seen it for a while now, right? That aggression defensively is part of the reason why he was the defensive player of the year this past season, the reigning, defending defensive player of the year. Rudy Gobert is probably going to win it again, and you know Herb Jones is having a great season. There's other guys that are probably going to take it from Jaron. He might be a one-time winner, at least through this coming season. But he is showing so much improvement offensively. It's not consistent enough, and that's going to be in the comments on YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. People are going to remind me and point out that there's been games recently where he's completely disappeared. It's not consistent. But the same thing I'm going to say now applies in several minutes when we get into John Morant's return. Perspective is key. Jaron Jackson Jr. has not played in his ideal offensive role yet because John Morant hasn't been on the floor yet. Jaron Jackson Jr. has had to be the number two scoring option for this team, just like Desmond Bain has had to be the number one scoring option for this team. Defensive game plans have been built and devised around trying to slow, limit, stop Bain and Jackson Jr. The fact that they scored a nice 69 points together with that concept in mind is reason for optimism because it's not always going to be that easy for opposing teams. They're not always going to be able to throw the book at Jaron and Dez and say, good luck getting around this. They're going to have to respect guys that are going to re-enter this Grizzlies rotation soon. Literally 30% of the Grizzlies rotation is out. And that's not, if you don't want to play the game, well, Steven Adams, they knew wasn't going to be there. Brandon Clark, they knew he wasn't going to be there. Okay, fine. Take them out of the equation. They knew Marcus Smart would be there. They knew Luke Kennard would be there. Eventually, they knew John Morant would be there. That's three out of nine or ten dudes that you know are going to help revitalize and strengthen that guard combination and rotation that are going to be back in that mix, and you're going to have a chance to see Desmond Bain be the second guard instead of the first. You're going to have a chance to see Jaron Jackson Jr. be the third scoring option instead of the second. And even if it evolves and matures into Ja becoming that distributor and Bain fitting into that scoring role, and Jaron may be taking on more of that load offensively, John Morant has to be respected. He's done enough in this game that you can make all the jokes you want off the court and you can say what you want about what he's currently doing in a different court, which we'll talk about next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. you got to respect what that guy's able to do with the basketball in his hands. And when that happens on an NBA basketball court, defenses pay attention. And that means less attention paying to Desmond Bain, less attention paid to Jaron Jackson Jr. The trickle-down effect is going to be notable, and we're going to talk more about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But shout-out to Jaron Jackson Jr. 
using his body, using the skills he's developed, and becoming one of the most unguardable players in the NBA. Who do you think are the most unguardable players? Luka Doncic probably has an argument, right? SGA, Shai Gilgis-Alexander in Oklahoma City, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant. Who would you say are the most unguardable guys in the NBA? Where does Jaron fit on that list at the moment? Overall, maybe Jaron doesn't belong, but the numbers suggest he's in the chat, at least for now. So kudos to Jaron for that. We're going to talk about his teammate, John Morant, getting back on the floor here soon enough and not having to be involved in a different kind of court proceeding uh, for much longer. And that's good news for everyone involved uh, when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies, at least. We'll talk about that next here on Locked On Grizzlies. But first, I want to shout out how Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, like myself and to Michael Cole, plus our national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is also brought to you by FanDuel. It is getting hot, hot, hot as the NFL season approaches the playoffs. The NBA is past the in-season tournament getting ready for the new year. As the weather gets colder, stay hot with the offers over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's right, $150 if your team wins. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There is no better time to get in on the action. The app is extremely easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include things like spreads, player props, over-unders, the always popular same-game parlay, and so much more. So again, you're listening to this podcast. You can open up another tab. You can find something on your phone. Go to FanDuel.com now. FanDuel.com slash locked on in particular and kick off not just the NBA season, but the NFL season in the new year with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. We're talking John Morant, his work on a different court recently. You're listening to Lockdown Grizzlies. Stay with me, please, and thank you. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax of Lockdown Grizzlies, of course. Happy to have you with me talking Memphis Grizzlies basketball, as always, a tough loss to the Dallas Mavericks. But you know, it, it could be worse, right? It, it could be worse. You could be looking at a team that doesn't have six wins in the coffer. You could be looking at a team that doesn't have a superstar coming back soon. So it could be worse. The Grizzlies could have quit against the Dallas Mavericks, and they didn't. They fought hard. They scrapped in the second half, especially the fourth quarter. They made it a game. So certainly could have been better. The home record continues to be really crappy, and I'm sure DeMichael and I will talk more about that. One in 10 at home, that is so wild. That is a crazy number considering how well the Grizzlies have done in the past at FedEx Forum. They have been one of the best teams in the NBA the last two seasons. It has not been the case this season, and we'll talk more about that. But Somewhere in Memphis, not quite FedEx form, there's a different court that John Morant was taking in this particular, uh, on this particular past Monday. And he was involved in court proceedings for a lawsuit going on, the issue that happened at his home, a uh, punch fight situation. I'm not going to go into the legalities of all that or how ridiculous it is that this case was even happening in the first place. You can find it yourself on social media. They made jaw and they showed other people doing it. You know, what does it mean to check in? I've never, I've played bet play pickup basketball for a long time. I'm guessing you have played at least once or twice. Maybe if you've never played at all, I'm guessing you know not to call it check 
check in, right? It's like check up or just check the ball, check it, ball in, right? Something like that. That's a normal way to start a possession of play or pick up basketball. Why are we analyzing this? Why is this happening in a court of law? It's a great question, but that's exactly what happened in Memphis on Monday as Morant was questioned about necklaces and real diamonds. He, it was just a, 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 a truly, truly ridiculous process. Okay. I, I can't believe that in a country and in a state and a city, like Memphis and Tennessee and the United States, where there's so many legal issues and dramas, this is where that energy was being invested. But here we are. John's not going to be on that kind of court for long. We are officially seven days away from him being eligible to return against the New Orleans Pelicans. And we can close out this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies with a message of hope. Because maybe you're feeling down after that Dallas Mavericks loss. It looked bad, especially the first half. If you were really angry at the end of that second quarter and you thought this might be a new low, I get it completely. They looked disinterested. Taylor Jenkins was pissed. There's all sorts of videos on social media of him getting into his team, and rightfully so. They did not seem invested. They weren't executing. They weren't playing with energy. They didn't have great attitudes. Their body language sucked. Things that they can control. You can't control being down so many guys due to injury. You can't control. John Morant not knowing how to use social media properly and showing off how much fun he was having and getting in trouble for it. You can't control that stuff. What you can control is your effort and your attitude, and the Grizzlies did not do that in the first half. So you want to be mad and scream about that in the comments? Go for it. I'm with you. I share your energy. But the Grizzlies continue to scrap and claw and fight. Do you wish they had done it for a full four quarters? Of course. Absolutely. You wish Taylor Jenkins had found that, you know, Vince Williams and John Conchar were playing better than uh, Zaire Williams and Derrick Rose a little bit faster? Yeah, maybe. We can talk about all those things and how all involved have to improve from the coaching staff to the players. But please don't forget that the Memphis Grizzlies are in their current state. They are currently in the bottom rung of the Western Conference, give or take a San Antonio. They are there because they are missing numerous contributors. You can pretend like Steven Adams doesn't exist. He does. You can pretend like Brandon Clark doesn't exist. He does. Both of those guys make roughly $25 million combined. They were expected to be playing basketball for the Memphis Grizzlies, and they are not. That matters. Bismack Biombo should not be on the Memphis Grizzlies right now. If the team was healthy, he wouldn't be here. So you can be mad at Bismack Biombo all you want, but he's not supposed to be here if the team was healthy. They're not. But context matters, and that's the reality they reside in. There's no Luke Kennard, no Marcus Smart. No, you shouldn't trade either of those guys. We have no idea what any of these players are going to be capable of on a healthy Memphis Grizzlies team. I don't know, and you don't know, dear listener, dear viewer. I don't mean to insult your intelligence. I'm just speaking truth. I don't know what the 2023-2024 Memphis Grizzlies look like because I haven't seen them with their best player yet. They're not going to have Steven Adams. They're not going to have Brandon Clark. They will eventually have Luke Kennard, but he's not their best player. They will eventually have Marcus Smart. He's their fourth best. They're going to have John Morant soon. Seven days. And then we can start to judge where this Memphis Grizzlies team is. Take Luka Doncic off of the Dallas Mavericks. Do they have the record they do? Of course not. 
Nikola Jokic off the Nuggets, Joel Embiid off the 76ers, SGA off the Thunder. I could go on and on and on and on. Those things matter. Could Memphis have been better prepared for this reality? Sure. We can have that conversation. Did they have to quadruple down on youth? No. I've talked about that here, there, and everywhere. Until John Morant is back on that basketball court, not in another court about lawsuits, until John Morant is on an actual court, not giving depositions, but giving out dunks and dishing out assists. We don't know what the 2023-2024 Memphis Grizzlies are capable of. The season, in terms of competitiveness, for all intensive purposes, starts in seven days. And if that's not a reason to keep coming back to Lockdown Grizzlies, I don't know what is. It's a time to be excited. I am looking forward to watching this team close out this jawless run. They have a couple of games against Houston coming up that I'm sure we'll talk about here on Lockdown Grizzlies. They can find a way to win one of those. Maybe, you know, you're feeling a little bit better about yourself going into Jaw's eventual return next week. Three games left, seven days. The Memphis Grizzlies season, for all intents and purposes, in terms of being closer to competitive for a play-in or playoff spot, is about to begin. Thank you for checking out Locked On Grizzlies. It is much appreciated. Again, make sure that you're checking out Locked On Sports Today, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. 24-7, it's there for you covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. When DeMichael and I are with you on our Wednesday episode, of Lockdown Grizzlies. We've got some basketball to preview. Finally, we're back into a more, you know, logical uh, progression of games. They're in Houston on Wednesday night taking on the Houston Rockets. Obviously, the Rockets having a strong start to their season, a winning record going into the contest. Memphis most certainly does not have a winning record. How can they go into Houston and knock off old friend Dylan Brooks and the Rockets? We'll talk about that probably get some more information on the court proceedings involving job that hopefully we won't have to talk about ever again uh, eventually, but remains news here on lockdown Grizzlies because you're here looking for Memphis Grizzlies content and darn it. That's what my good friend and co-host Michael Cole and I are going to provide to you. Make sure you're liking, commenting, rating, reviewing, subscribing, wherever you get your podcasts, check us out on YouTube, be an everydayer. Again, if this is your first time checking us out, maybe you've been here a few times trying to decide, "Eh, do I really want to hear these guys talk Grizzlies basketball each and every day? The answer should be yes. And thank you to everyone that has already made that wonderful decision to make Lockdown Grizzlies a part of their NBA and Grizzlies content consumption. I am Joe Mullinax. I will be back with you on Wednesday. DeMichael Cole, my wonderful partner, will be here as well. Until then, stay locked in. This is Lockdown Grizzlies.